Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Dude, they said it couldn't be done. They said there's no way some fucking bald dude living by himself could do 300 podcast episodes, but it has occurred. Just kidding. I mean, that has occurred, but I'm sure that there are plenty of people that have done 300 podcast episodes by themselves or initially had a podcast partner that they couldn't get along with. <laughs> Dissolve that podcast about two years ago and have since made it a solo pod. So episode 300. Thank you for listening. If you've listened to any of these episodes, I appreciate it. I feel like t- this 2023 is a big year. You know what I'm saying? My fucking brother, Ben, he's got 3.7 million followers on TikTok. He's a, a hilarious comic. He's I'm the oldest of four. It was me, then my sister, Becky, then my brother, Matt, and my brother, Ben. Um, but Ben made this uh, TikTok recently, um, and it's like one of my good vibes videos. <laughs> I make these good vibes videos about, dude, you got to have like sick lighting in your apartment if you want really good vibes, dude. And then he made a TikTok where he kind of split the screen down the middle and he was like taking notes on like getting advice from his brother. And uh, it's pretty funny. It's on his TikTok. It's on my TikTok. Well, I hit repost. I assume that post puts it on my TikTok. Well, I don't I don't know. It's like how much time do you want to invest in TikTok if the government, if the feds are going to are going to block it in the near future anyways. But you know what, Danny? Stop. Stop. What's that? You're borrowing trouble. Don't borrow trouble. Who knows what the future may hold? It just seems weird. Like you're supposed, you're supposed to, as a comic, have this like social media strategy and approach, and you need to post material. Recency is important, and all this shit. And it's like, by the way, I know I'm changing subjects here, but the Cavender twins on the University of Miami women's basketball team—they are lovely gals. Okay, apparently they're also very good at basketball. So okay, just noticing pretty college girls. That's a little weird, Danny. You fucking loser, dude. Um, I got some good feedback from the last solo pod a couple weeks ago. Who was it? Oh, yeah, my friend Haley. She said, I like the motivational focus on self-improvement, grit, and tenacity. I was probably talking about those qualities. Yeah, those are three of my favorite qualities. These are all qualities I value, she says, ones I take pride in. As a single mom, grit and resilience are how we get by. So the idea of always finding a way to improve, being able to solve something, by looking at it from a different lens, all things that resonate with me. That's so nice. Oh, wait, that was not Haley. It was a different single mom. Dude, I know a lot of single moms, okay? I'm really like, I'm really super cool in terms of like knowing a lot of single moms, okay? I'm like supportive, man, you know? Oh, shut up, you piece of shit. Honey, that's that's my girlfriend. She's not being nice to me at all. Um, I love watching Jeopardy because all the like random ass shit you learn. Did you know that fucking, um, well, there's the beat, what is it, BTS? bts yeah the fucking k-pop group like their fans are called the army but did you know that rihanna's fans are called the navy the rihanna navy what don't remember that or didn't know that apparently she had some song where they mentioned the navy but i'm just gonna start telling people that i'm in rihanna's navy so dude rihanna is so much better than beyonce i mean beyonce is obviously super talented she doesn't need my fucking endorsement but like i just think rihanna's way better dude you know I just feel like it's fashionable to like to like Beyonce, Beyonce a lot. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, oh, I mean, everything she does just turns to gold. It's like, mm, Rihanna's way better. All right. That's a controversial opinion, perhaps. Um, I remember when the I, I was here in New York in the depths of the pandemic in March 2020, and like all of the billboards and um, subway ads, they just like froze in time. Because the companies weren't spending on advertising, and I don't, I don't even know if they could like get workers out to change the billboards. So the billboards were just 
frozen in time or the street signs and stuff not street signs but like ads were frozen in time for like a long time it felt like six months or more and then one day i was going to the f stop on second avenue here on the lower east side and one of the there was a new ad for uh corporate that that show i never fucking watched that show god damn it don't you know when there's a good show you're like i need to watch that then it goes off the air and you never watch it ever (laughs) but they had an ad that said remember work from work I thought that was pretty funny. All right, that was a long story. Sorry. Sorry, dude. I'm working on it. I'm just working on stuff, dude. I was reading this article this morning about CNN. Their uh, 9 o'clock hour apparently is in disarray. They can't find the right formula to increase viewership, but they're they're actually like intentionally trying a number of different approaches to that hour because it's like Anderson Cooper 360 at 8 o'clock, and then the numbers drop off, drop off by like 30%. They're trying all this new shit. But... You know, in the meantime, or like anyway, I guess people have been making fun of CNN for a long time. So I, I kind of like this uh, this little quote from the article. Um, it says, still, word of CNN's dwindling audiences has traveled beyond the cable executives who pour over Nielsen data reports. At last weekend's white tie gridiron club dinner in Washington, Secretary of State Anthony J. Blinken singled out the network in his comedic keynote speech. According to the guest list, there are 600 attendees here tonight, Mr. Blinken told the chuckling crowd. CNN would kill for an audience like that. Ha <laughs> It's fun to be mean to networks. All right. I have this new, one of my uh, favorite new jokes right now is, um, I, I don't know if I have it working yet. I thought I had it working. And then, I don't know if you're a comic. <laughs> if you're a comic, it sucks and you have like a new joke idea. And it does pretty good the first few times. You're like, nice, I'm onto something. And then it just starts tanking. You're like, all right, I guess that one sucks. But um, anyway, there, there was a guy that was involved in the Lincoln assassina- assassination because I took a tour of Ford's Theater in D.C., but he actually didn't like literally didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so they only gave him six years in prison because he just did not know. <laughs> that sucks, dude. You just get arrested. What am I under arrest for? You know, I do. Yes. The president said the president said don't act like you didn't know that, dude. All right, man. That's kind of fun. OK. Um. I still highly highly recommend watching uh, Jersey Shore Family Vacation, the new season that's out. It's so funny, dude. Also, did you know that Snooki is Chilean? Isn't that crazy? They 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 went into kind of a deep dive on their family backgrounds and past and stuff, and like, you know, I think uh, I think Dina is adopted. I don't know. It's just interesting, you know. They're not just fucking party animals. They have a life, dude. They have a background. Snooki is Chilean. Maybe that'll be the episode title for this thing. And by this thing, I mean this episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're watching March Madness. Um, a friend of mine roots for UVA, and they lost to Furman in the first round, and he's just not watching anything else of the tournament. I think it's kind of funny. Your team loses. You're like, I'm completely done with that, dude. Fuck that. Um, but they were talking about, I read this article about the odds. Like, no one has ever picked a perfect bracket. You know, if you're not familiar with the tournament format, it's 64 teams playing a series of games, single elimination until there's only one remaining. Um, okay, so um, this article about uh, about the 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 oh, yeah. I'll suck your dick, dude. Wow, I, I lost my train of thought, and then I just like garbled my words, and then I was going to cut that out, and I was like, you know what, I'm leaving it in. Anyways, this is from an article about the tournament. You're picking 63 games, so that sounds like hey, that shouldn't be that hard. And if there's millions of people filling out brackets, somebody should be able to do it. I.e., get a perfect bracket. Said. Ken Pomeroy, a college basketball statistician and analyst. But we could play the tournament for a million years and someone would not get a perfect bracket. Isn't that crazy? A million years of the tournament, not once. 
God damn it, dude. That means it's super hard to do. The odds may be best stated up front. There are 67 games in each tournament, but mercifully, most bracket contests allow participants to skip the four play-in games. So if you treating if you treat sorry, treating each of the 63 remaining games as 50-50 coin flips, the probability of predicting a perfect bracket is about 1 in wait for it, 9.2 quintillion. Care to see the full number written out? It's 9 and then there's like 1 2 3 4 5 6 series of three numbers after it. So it's, it's a very large number, dude. If you need help with the commas, a quintillion equals a billion billion. A billion billion. What? So there's one billion, right? Got it. And there's a billion of the billions. Oh, no. That's way too many, dude. But basketball games tend not to be true toss-ups. Accounting, then, for the fact that some matchups are easier to predict, the probability drops to one in the tens or hundreds of billions, depending on who is calculating. Oh, it's only, dude, it's in the tens of billions. This is chill. Depending on who is calculating them. And still, far less likely than hitting the Powerball jackpot, for instance. Perfection's basically impossible, said Richard Cleary, a mathematician at Babson College. It's out of the question. <laughs> when I was in college, down there at Mercy University in Macon, Georgia, uh, one of the sororities there, 80 Pi, they made this t-shirt, and on the back of it, it said, well, they wanted it to say, some say that perfection is unattainable. We beg to differ. They misspelled the word perfection on that shirt. They left the eye out. It's like, bro, dude. What's going on, ladies? <laughs> I mean, you know, that can happen to anyone. Why are you beating me to some random sorority in the past? I'm not. They just had a bad t-shirt. All right. Oh, so this next thing is a carryover from, um, I think, my last solo pod a few weeks ago, where I was asking, like, questions to chat GPT that, like, might be legitimate things that I was I was wondering about. And I thought this answer was actually pretty good. I asked it why I'm still single at 47 and if I should get a girlfriend or something like that. Dude, listen to this advice. This is really good. Even if you're not 47 and single, I still think it's like reasonably strong advice to follow. I.e. you could like, you know, glean pockets of wisdom from it, even if this is not your current situation. Anyway, um, so this is Chat GPT's response. First, it's important to understand why you've been single for most of your adult life. If you're content being single and have a fulfilling life that meets your needs, then there may be no need to pursue a relationship. On the other hand, if you feel lonely, I don't really feel lonely, or desire companionship, I mean, you know, who doesn't, then pursuing a relationship may be a good choice. If you do decide to pursue a relationship, Danny or other single people, keep in mind that it's important to have realistic expectations and be open to the ups and downs that come with any relationship. Dude, any relationship has ups and downs. Doesn't that suck? Don't you wish you could just solve the puzzle and just like, dude, my relationship is sick. No problems. Nope. They're all going to be fucked. It's also important to be clear about your own needs and expectations, as well as to be respectful of your partner's needs and expectations. Well, I would just hope that their needs and expectations would just mirror mine. (laughs) Just kidding. However, it's important to remember that being in a relationship is not the only path to a fulfilling life. Yeah, take that society. Dicks. There are many other ways to find happiness and meaning, such as pursuing hobbies or passions. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fucking make ships in the bottle, dude. I'll be fine. Uh, building friendships or volunteering in your community. Volunteering? Who do, we, who do they think we are, dude? <laughs> Ultimately, the decision to pursue a relationship or remain single is a personal one that depends on your individual circumstances, desires, and values. Take the time to reflect on what you truly want and what would make you happy. And then make the decision that feels right for you. 
I mean, bro, that's pretty fucking sick advice, you know? Like, dude, is ChatGPT like my dad? <laughs> Man, I thought I had a shit ton more content this week, but I guess I actually don't. Um, the other thing I was going to tell you guys, oh, there was this revival. It was a weird thing. It was in like uh, Ohio. No, it was in Kentucky. What was the name of the school? I, I mean, I'm not going to look it up, dude. Just there was a fucking revival. And it started in this like people stayed late after chapel one day at this college. And then like 500,000 people from across the country came to this small chapel and it just went on for days and days. And then ultimately the administration of the college um, closed it down because you just can't have like, you know, another <laughs> can't have 500,000 people living in your town forever. But I thought it was, I mean, I don't really buy into that, uh, you know, religion anymore. Um, I was, my parents are very religious as a kid, but I thought it was interesting that the youngest generation seems to have this like craving for meaning and I don't know, closeness and a higher power and like the kind of dissolution of society to some extent that occurred over the course of the pandemic. Like, I don't know, you know, a bunch of factors, but it's, I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing. Like there is this like universally inherent fundamental piece of nature in our brains that makes religion such a consistent feature of human life, right? There has to be something. Did you think that I was going to research that and like provide articles and stuff? No, dude, just go look it up. <laughs> I'm just here to sh talk shit off the top of my head. No, I fucking, you research stuff, honey. You're being too hard on yourself. Thanks, honey. That's my girlfriend. She chimes in occasionally. Um, I, anyways, I was mentioning Jersey Shore earlier. I love Jersey Shore. They were talking about how they got, uh, how the cast members got cast for the show. And apparently the situation was like the first one that they cast. And they said, hey, can we get to kind of follow you around? I think it's a show about Jersey or something. He's like, yeah, you can follow me around. And then he's all you would do is just go to the gym. Then he would tan and he would do his laundry. And so they he did it so much that they would write... They just started putting like gym tan laundry on their like production schedule for the day, and then they just shortened it to GTL because <laughs> that's all they were doing, dude. I love that kind of stuff. And then Angelina, I love Angelina, she's hilarious. She was at a nightclub in Brooklyn. This woman taps her on the shoulder. She turns around. She goes, "Hey, uh, I'm would like would love for you to audition for this new show on MTV." Show up at the you know this place tomorrow, and Angelina was like, "What the fuck what was that?" And then she showed up to the place as as requested they showed her like audition on the on the show and then uh you know the rest is history but that's just kind of crazy that your whole life just turns on a literal tap on the shoulder at a nightclub and she's probably like what the fuck why is this girl tapping me on the shoulder dude destiny came calling and then i don't know if you've seen american honey but it's a really good movie even though uh fuck face uh the fuck's his name the bad guy he was like everybody loved him and then he's like had some like domestic violence issues or something like that shia labeouf danny shia labeouf so the uh the female lead sasha lane she was on a beach i don't know where the beach was dude just the fucking beach okay and it was kind of a similar story to angelina except uh maybe you could argue way more talent <laughs> but someone just walked up to her and they were a casting director for the movie they were like, we think you would be great for this movie. She had no acting experience. Someone literally walked up to her while she was already having a nice time in the beach, changed her life. She was the lead in American Honey. She did a great job. I assume she's moved on to other acting um, roles since. But like, it's kind of crazy how some people just get literally tapped on the shoulder or approached on the beach and like, hey, uh, I'm going to change your fucking life, dude. 
And then meanwhile, the rest of us just, you know, kind of quietly dim the lights at the end of the night and put on a white noise app so you don't feel so alone. <laughs> I think I, these episodes have to be fucking 23 minutes long to qualify to for ad placements. But, dude, I don't care about the ad placements, man, you know? But th- th- they've been paying me, like, literally, like, six cents for an ad. I don't want six cents, dude. It's embarrassing. It's It's hurtful. I'd rather have zero cents than six, if I'm being quite frank. So... Anyways, I don't give a fuck if this goes to 20 minutes or not, or 23 minutes. Ooh. Anyway, uh, you know, come see my fucking, uh, me and Ryan DeCarlos from the Black Hat Show, 172 Remington, every Friday night on the Lower East Side. Got my good vibes videos on, on Instagram. Those seem to be doing better than this podcast by uh, an exponentially larger amount. <laughs> it's funny how you work in a podcast. I've been doing this thing for like fucking four years, and it has been like meaningful and um, you know, a kind of a disciplined creative output. And I have built, you know, small though it may be an audience in markets across the country. And Germany is like the number two country, um, besides, you know, behind the United States followed by Canada. So, you know, and, and it's all, in, it's, you know, published out to all these different types like Spotify and fucking Deezer and all these fucking things. So it's definitely cool to have this like, you know, what do you call it? My meager? No, like, um, modest global presence, but hey, a modest global presence is better than no global presence because it can grow. It can grow over time, you guys, and that's the main thing in life is if you need to grow and just focus on getting better and just like you know, like jerking off with the shades drawn so your neighbors don't see because it's weird. You know what I mean? Just like have some self respect, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, Danny Palmer NYC on Instagram. Thank you for uh, listening to the old fucking pod, John Cocaine's Miami's in the Sweet Sixteen on Friday. Versus Houston, who is the number one team in the country. It could be get very ugly. All right. You know, I'm just going to let this go for four more seconds. I feel like if people open the podcast app and they see, hey, Danny's got a new app out. If it's 17 minutes and 46 seconds, I think they would be less likely to listen or click on it than if it was 18 minutes and 15 seconds, which is what we're approaching now. So thanks for listening, you fucking jerks. <laughs>